Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. everyone. Welcome back. I'm very excited today. Not only is the milestone episode number 300, uh, and I like to have exciting big guests on for the big milestones. Claire Bartlett, how are you today? Very well, Dale. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. And I'm excited for this, and we'll talk more about it. Just everything that you are doing with Woodline and the school is, I just think, so exciting in the education space. But, but before we do that, I want to get to know you a little bit. What's the one zinger, the one bit of in the last seven days have just lit you up with excitement? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, last seven days, I think it just has to be the children. I think uh, the children of Woodline bring me joy every day. They are the most phenomenal bunch of humans on the planet um, and they make me smile and laugh every day and they bring the joy and the magic and it, they're just, they make my day. Oh, isn't that nice? And we know that you are the principal and you sort of have to say that, but I know you actually live and breathe that. So <laughs> you are being authentic there. I love that. So let's go back starting younger years. Young Claire, did you always know you were destined for education and for being the principal of a founding school, changing the way it's done? Mm, yes. So ever since I was young, I did want to be a teacher. I think it's because I had a bit of a bossy element. I was um, the oldest child and I liked kind of controlling the situations. Um, but I really do think from that early age, I just really liked helping people and watching them succeed and knowing that you've been able to be a part of that is really special. Um, school for me was great socially I am a bit of a social <laughs> person I love connecting with others and I was always in trouble for talking and it's every single report has she talks too much um and I was a good good I'm doing little bunny ears good student um for the most part until my teen years and I really think um the grades and marks killed the love of learning for me so I think if you do a subject that's really easy and you're getting A's and you're not putting in an effort and you're getting an A, it's not very motivating. And then on the flip side, if you're getting C's and D's in a subject that you're struggling with, that's not motivating either. And it just tells you that you're not good at it. So school actually told me that I wasn't an artist and I wasn't able to learn a second language and I wasn't good enough. So I really lost about that year nine mark. I just wasn't interested in school anymore didn't do really well I have to be honest year 12 didn't wasn't there a lot to get good marks um <laughs> makes it hard <laughs> yeah so then I took a year to do some volunteer works at a school to show that I really did want to be in education and the University of Bendigo thank you for letting me in um so I ended up doing my Bachelor of Education and never aspired to be a principal ever never wanted that responsibility but here I am. <laughs> so, and I find this, um, it's a really fascinating thing with all the schools and people I work with that we get trained as teachers, um, but then it looks like the progression is to be a principal, but that's the one thing we've never been trained in that middle management and then management um, is like, do you, do you see that? Do you, how have you changed from teacher Claire to who you are now as principal? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, I've changed a lot. 
So I guess I just started out just wanting, as I said before, to help children succeed. And, and I guess my view of what that success looks like has changed over time. So we are taught that it is about the marks and children meeting benchmarks and children getting the right grades. And that's definitely changed over time. I do often say that I'm the accidental leader. So I've happened <laughs> to be in the right place at the right time when there's been a leadership opportunity and no one else is really wanting it. So I've always been the one to put up my hand and uh, my first role was as an early years coordinator and I absolutely loved it. Loved the element of team and loved the element of strategy and helping individuals but then also helping the collective. And I guess the more experience you get in those middle management roles, the more confident you feel that you can take on those greater roles. But having said that, as I said, never wanted to be principal but when the opportunity came for Woodline, couldn't pass it up. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you couldn't. So let's take a step back from early years and Woodline. What there's is there a, there's obviously a gap in there. What what did that look like? Because obviously people don't just say, "Hey, Claire, oh, you've got a good personality. You'd be a great principal." Like you've got to you've got to get that credibility to get that big role. Um, what, yeah. what, what was the stepping stones, or what did your career look like to get you where you are now? Well, I think um, importantly, I did teach all year level. So I taught from foundation to year six. And I think that's really important that you have an understanding of the, the people and the team that you're going to be leading. Uh, I've been fortunate to have amazing mentors along the way. So really um, strong leaders, people to look up to, to learn from. Uh, and it's probably their encouragement too that's got me where I am. So I went from the early years coordinator, I've been an English coordinator, I was a four, five, six coordinator at my last school and then a deputy head role came up at the junior school and I initially didn't apply for it uh, because I felt I wasn't ready. I had only done a year of coordinating, uh, felt I needed more years under my belt and then they didn't find anyone. So they re-advertised and my mentor at the time said, you know, if you're thinking about being deputy down the track, why don't you just put your hat in the ring, see what happens. If anything, you're just getting that experience of going through the process. Um, and I did. And then I was successful in that role, which was daunting. And I have to say I had imposter syndrome for the first few months. <laughs> um but so lots of tears and lots of feeling stretched and outside of my comfort zone and had I made the right decision and um but it was one of the most important steps that I made because it was that role that then led me to this role so my deputy role included admin well-being and I was the leader of learning and we were a Reggio inspired school and we were doing some really lovely things at the junior school and I took Sophie Fenton, who founded um, Sandridge in Boomstown. She came for a tour, toured her, thought that was the end of that. She contacted me a while later. She was actually a consultant for the Woodline team. And she said she was working on a project and would I be interested? And I was thinking it would be a collaboration with the school I was at and whatever she was doing. She told me about the school she was building. I was like, that's like a dream school, amazing. How can I help you? And then she said, we'd like you to consider being principal. Wow. And I nearly dropped the glass I was holding <laughs> and couldn't believe it. So I did a lot of soul searching because I really um, had to think around whether I was ready, did I want it. I've got two young children. 
obviously I needed to take my family into consideration. I had a lot of security at my last job, so I was stepping into a school that might not work um, and then be unemployed. Uh, my children were also really happy at the school that I was at and I really didn't want to let ego get in the way of the right decision. So, you know, it was felt really good to be um, asked, but was it the right move for me? And in the end, my husband was like, you do it, I'll support you. I've been so amazing with his support. Um, and I knew that if I didn't, I'd spend the rest of my life wondering what if. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did because if I was <laughs> watching what's happening now and knowing I could have been a part of it, I would be devastated. So I'm so glad I took the leap and did it. I love that. And I think it's a great bit of advice there, Claire, that we encourage our students, our kids to take risks and back themselves. Um, you know, you, when you got your first DP role, you didn't want it, but then you felt imposter syndrome. Same thing now if your principal, like, isn't it so ironic that we're going through all these things and we try and tell the students who are teaching, exactly. we need to listen to ourselves, don't we? Like, really do. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, so one of my mentors said, look, if it doesn't work out, you'll be still very employable. So why not? Yeah, fair enough. And so let's talk about Woodline. Like, it's... I, the thing that has gravitated me to um, a little bit about myself, Claire, I went to a Steiner school um, in, in so about an hour from Shepparton uh, in a place called Katandra on a dairy farm. And um, very similar, you know, you're in 20 acres in Geelong. We are on a farm. Each morning we'd go and have to dick, uh, go and dip the jug into the vat to get the milk for the teachers. And, you know, like we'd swim in the dam, we'd climb poplar trees. Like it, it was just amazing. Yes, it was probably high risk, but how do you learn without taking those risks? And it seems mm -hmm. to me that this isn't starting a school, but it's taking what I thought considered the best elements of all the different schooling systems and putting them into place. So when when you first heard of Woodline, like, did, yeah, do you want to explain what it was like and then, you know, what the school is and just because it's all about connection and awareness and community. And I'm like, whoa, that is ticking boxes, not only for school, but for life. These are things that we all crave and we need. Um, and you've put it into this one magical experience. Ooh. Well, I could talk about this all day. Um, <laughs> Good. I know we don't have all day, but you're right. <laughs> connection really is sitting at the heart. It's one of our core values. And um, Lael and Mal, who created the school, so Mal's the founder and Lael's co-creator and director, they really wanted to build a school that had emotional well-being at the centre and everything else came after that. And then also that really strong belief that if you're meeting the needs of the children with their well-being, the learning comes and it will be greater. And it really aligned with me philosophically. Uh, I was so excited at the thought of being able to let go of systems and structures that I've been used to. And they were so open to us giving things a go. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Because as you said, that's what we model for the children, have a go. And if it doesn't yeah. work, there's no blame. Let's celebrate that and, and then try something different. Um, so we really do focus on connection to self, connection to others and connection to place. Uh, so we're really wanting the children to have a strong sense of who they are, what their needs are, how they learn, what their passions are um, and their needs and how they can get those needs met. And then obviously that connection to others is really important. So how do we be a good friend and how do we be a good learner and part of a group and can we contribute to the community 
and then obviously connection to place. We're sitting on the most spectacular property, uh, so we really want to be caretakers of the property and do what we can to look after it and and the planet beyond our space. Well, I love that. And I think, um, I'm not sure I heard this, but it, school's not about getting an A in school, it's being an A in life. And yeah. like what you mentioned earlier, you know, when you're in year nine about you get graded, you get put down, you get you get labelled that you're not good at this or anything like that. At mm. the end of the day, it doesn't matter. These are things that yeah. are totally irrelevant. If you know how to regulate and look after yourself and be a good person, that's what matters. And then everything else flows. And it just makes exactly. complete sense. But it's not that way. Um, so mm. I can imagine when you got the job, so exciting. But let's talk about starting a school. Like, whoa. Like, <laughs> I, know, I know it's all exciting, but bloody hell, it must be yeah. a lot of work. It's an extraordinary amount of work. I am exhausted. I will need a proper break at some point. Um, I think the first thing for me is getting the right team around you. I definitely haven't done this on my own. Uh, I've got the most phenomenal team. And I think as a leader, it's really important to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And those areas that probably aren't your strengths, getting people in that do have those strengths. So it's not that um, I think sometimes people try and employ like but I think diversity is really important and we've done that. We've got the most incredible team that's putting in the hard yards with me. Um, I didn't have a lot of lead-in time, so I worked up halfway of Term 3 in my last school and then hit the ground running. So um, COVID hit, so I was meant to have a holiday and some long service and then COVID hit. So I was actually homeschooling my children, which was not in the plan. Um, No one you need a break, Claire. No one you need a break. (laughs) I do. I need to go away somewhere. Um, So we obviously had to interview for the team and we had to interview for families and they still didn't have the VRQA approval at that point. So I was having to do lots of work around the policies and the VRQA would send the policies back and a big list of rectifications that had to be made. you know, you're starting from scratch, so you have to create everything from your letter templates to what's the timetable going to look like, which we call our rhythm. What language are you going to use? What, how is the learning program going to look? There was a lot, a lot to do. Um, so we really just worked so hard in that term four and that January period for the opening day. And on the opening day, um, I remember I couldn't sleep. So I came up at four o'clock in the morning. And as I drove up the driveway, I just burst into tears and sobbed. I was doing the ugly cry. I couldn't believe the day was there because it felt like it was so far away, but it came so quickly. Um, and it was like yeah, excited feeling. Were they excited tears though, or were you just like overwhelmed? All of it. I okay. think I was feeling every feeling that you could you could feel. Definitely a sense of overwhelm, nervous. Like, yes, we had done it, but really the hard work was starting from that day one. Um, because we had to create the culture and we had to create our community and oh yeah. <laughs> well, so we're and- Two and a half years in. Yes. And so how, like when you started, how many, how many kids did you have that first day? Like once you, 4am, you got that sob out of the way. It was all action. Like how many kids? I bet you were. (laughs) A good cry is very important sometimes, Claire. We all know that. We welcome the tears. Yeah. (laughs) Good. How many, Um, how many did you have? We enrolled, you know, first year. So we had 30. So we had two groups of 15. 
Uh, so we had a composite foundation one group and then a composite two, three group. Yep. So it was just me, Beth, my amazing business manager, and then two, we call our teachers guides, so two group guides and one specialist, and that was our team. So there was not a lot of us and there was a lot to do. So it was a bit, um, I would use the word organised chaos at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were still um, spinning many plates behind the scenes. You're still building a school at that point. Like I still say that we're building a school. Um, and I also think that schools are always a work in progress. You never got, there's never that end where you've got, oh, we've nailed it and the, it's <laughs> all coming along beautifully. I think there's always room for improvement and I'm really proud of what we've achieved. Oh, and so you should be. So fast forward to today, those, and like what you just mentioned there, Claire, that I think everything in life is always evolving. If you get stagnant and happy where you are, you'll end up getting left behind, all right? You, there's always, like, yes, be happy and be present with what you've done. And as busy as you are, I, I know that you take, the time to just reflect and like, wow, look at what we've achieved. This is amazing, but we're still growing. So from starting from 30, where are you at at the moment? We've got 96 this year. So we've um, had our first year of year six this year, which is really exciting. We're looking forward to the graduation at the end of the year. It'll be another historical moment. And I think that's something I've always been thinking about too is, you know, the school in a hundred years time, like we're here, we want to be viable and sustainable and, um, I'm always talking to the children, especially the founding children and families about, gee, they're a big part of this history. And in 100 years' time, those educators and children and families will be talking about this group of people that started the school. Oh, 100%. And not only that, yeah. the founding principal and just everybody there as well. Um, now, obviously, you said before, COVID hit, it wasn't ideal. Uh, let's be honest. You had a lovely holiday book to recharge before you started, but then you're homeschooling. You're straight into this. Um, <laughs> from everything you've gone through and where you are now, what's probably the biggest thing you've learned about yourself from the whole process? Ooh. Wow. Haven't I'm going deep. I'm going deep now. <laughs> um, I think actually how strong I am. So I, I think... I've learnt a lot about me as a person, me as a friend, as a partner, as a mum, as an educator. I'm probably going to cry at some point now. That's okay. Go um, for it. But it has been extremely hard. There's been lots of really down moments where I'm like, what am I doing? Do I really want to be doing this? It's, it's too much. But I always come out the other end and I'm, I feel stronger um, and I am really proud of the strength that I've had. But once again, I have to give credit to those people around me who have been in the trenches with me and wrapped around me when I've needed it. And uh, well done for saying that. It's um, uh, people really struggle with questions like that, Claire. And when we, it's very easy to talk about other people and the strengths that other people have, but when we relate it back to ourselves, so you should be proud of that. Um, what some of those low points, how... How have you overcome those? I think because that's the lessons of adversity and, you know, how we get through these times because we need those hard times to enjoy the good times. Um, how have you, and again, this is what we need a model for kids coming up and our students. Um, we need to practice what we preach. How have you, you know, when things are down and you they, they continue probably will be as you keep growing and you'll face new hurdles. Um, have you got different ways to deal with that and come out of it or ways to process? Yes. 
Um, so Lael, who I mentioned before, who's the creator of the school, she's my support person. So she meets with me once a week and I just let it all out. And so I do the ugly cry. There might be a few swear words in there. <laughs> and I just, um, I'm so blessed that I feel safe enough to be completely vulnerable with her. So I just tell her where I'm at, how I'm feeling. Uh, she does a lot of work with me about leaning into what it's bringing up for me. So lots of that self-development work about, okay, well, is it about that issue or is it about what it's bringing up for you? And generally it's about something else. And so doing <laughs> lots of work to work, lean into it, do that work so that I can shift how I'm feeling about whatever it is that's going on. Uh, I lean on my husband a lot. As I said, he's amazing. So I quite often just go blah to him. So I think really it's the talking part and having people that are willing to listen without judgment and are willing to really hold you in those spaces. Mm, so true. And I know you mentioned earlier that you had a, men a really good mentor that encouraged you for that first deputy role. Um, and obviously mm. you've got that now. It's so important to have those people in your life that you can share with and you can be vulnerable and they're not going to judge and they're going to, you know, just be there for you. Cause sometimes we don't need the answers. Sometimes we just need to feel the space to be able to let it all out. Um, Absolutely. And, and we do that with the children. So that's the big uh, part of what we do is really allowing space for those feelings. So not trying to make it better, not trying to stop them from crying or stop them from feeling angry, but really like I can see it. Yeah. What do you need? Let it out. Um, so we really are trying to model for the children what we're asking of them and creating those safe spaces for them as well. That's amazing because uh, how often do you see people blow up because they've kept everything inside? And I see it with adults all the time. I've done it myself. Um, mm -hmm. This wasn't a thing going when we were going through uh, school, Claire. There wasn't such a space to do this. Um, what are you finding the feedback from the students and families are that, I'm sure that's helping there at home as well, like because mm. that would be relaying into everything they do, the, the impact and what the knowledge you're giving them at school. Absolutely. Uh, we get lots of feedback from the children that they feel free to be themselves, so free to be me, they say, and um, really feel comfortable to just be their authentic selves and not worry about what people think or if they're going to be judged. Um, we get feedback from parents saying that their children are much more balanced at home or that they never used to talk about their feelings, but now they'll be like, I'm feeling angry and I just need some space. Um, <laughs> but, but, and I think it's an important point that the parents are a really important part of what we're doing. So that homeschool partnership's imperative and like they really have to be aligned with the philosophy and supporting what we're doing at home because we can't hold it all. No. And it's not our job. Our job is to educate and, and to provide the learning. Um, so it really that partnership is really important to us. So true. And I, uh, the whole schooling, particularly primary schools, it is a community approach. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times I see it, it's the teachers versus the parents and they sort of blame, blame, blame it. It's not working yeah. together. Um, mm -hmm. That is one thing that you're changing though. And it's like that must feel really rewarding because – if you can get both parties going together, like it, that's incredible. The, the, the children are getting that supportive role model consistently, not just at school and not just at home. 
Absolutely. And that's it. The only person, well, we all win, but really the child wins and that's what we're all here for is to make sure that the child's getting their needs met in whatever way that is. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. So I know you just mentioned that you get to share once a week and get to talk about things. Do you have, like, what's your staff sort of mentoring program like? Because I'm sure you practice what you preach, Claire. It's not just you're the one that's allowed to do it and your kids are, but your staff aren't, the guides. Um, what do you have in place for your guides? Great question. So that could, because that's something that the board was really clear on, that the board wanted to look after me so that I can look after the team. And we know that if we look after the team, they can look after the children. So we start each morning with connection time. So it could it looks different every day, but it might be we just share something we're grateful for that day, or it might be you check in on how people are feeling. Could be for mindfulness, could be one of your awesome games from your book. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <Claire. laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so that connection time is really important because you get a really good sense of who's not starting the day balanced. And so then you can check in and go, hey, I can see something's going on. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want us to tap you out so you can have some time to shift whatever it is? Uh, the team, I would put money on that 100% would say they feel safe to come in and go, I don't feel good about this and I need to have a cry or I need to have a vent or I need to go home. And we really support that. We have trust that they'll they only do that when they really need to. And it's so important that they have the space and feel safe to do that. Mm -hmm. And we also focus on fun. So we like to play and have fun. And so we start all of our meetings with a warm-up, which is trying to help with that transition from the day because it can be really hard. You've had a big day with the children, you're holding a lot, to then go into a team meeting can be really hard. So we always start with that. And then we try and have some social events for the team throughout the term as well. I love that. And I, unfortunately, I think a lot of people see the benefit in what we've just spoken about, what you've just mentioned there, Claire, but quite often it's not done right. And it actually has the opposite effect of, and people call them ice breakers. I call a lot of mm -hmm. ice breakers, ice makers, because they actually <laughs> do the complete opposite of what you're trying mm -hmm. to do. Um, you don't always use the same one. You always have different things, don't you? And I think that's the biggest thing. If anyone's going to take anything away, it's always good to try something, but if you're doing the same thing over and over, it's not going to have the impact. Um, mm -hmm. Is that something you constantly are, are always trying to evolve as a leader to find new ways to get that buzz, get that fun with your staff? Absolutely. And we share the the love. So we'll um, ask different team members to come up with that warm-up for the meeting. So you can see their little bit of personality and what they bring to those warm-ups as well. Uh, another, I think, thing we do for the team is that I request from families that they communicate during business hours. So our parents don't email our team past five o'clock um, or before nine o'clock. And I've really stressed the importance of we lose sleep over your emails that come in at eight mm. o'clock at night and it really impacts on our family time, our well-being, and then we can't be our best for your child the next day or the group of children because we've slept two hours thinking about it. So, <laughs> um, well, you know, we really encourage a lot of freedom and choice and different elements that would lie. We really have a lot of clear boundaries around um, what we call them loving limits uh, around how we want to be at Woodline. I am loving all these different names that you've got. <laughs> Guides, rhythm for your timetable. Um, 
I I find one thing that I see a lot, Claire, is once people label something, it gives them a, a perceived idea of what they're going to do and they've had a bad experience of it before. Do you think by just completely changing everything, it's it's really allowed everybody just to flourish? I really do believe yeah. so. So we are big on language. We talk about it a lot and we're really considered in the words that we use. So um, we don't ever call learning work. So that I, you know, if you go, oh, you've got to go do your work now, it's everyone goes, Ugh, who wants to work? <laughs> like, um, but if you've got that love of learning and you're referring to it as learning, it, can, it just has that subtle little, I don't know, shift in people's thinking, things like yard duty, no teacher likes going out on yard duty, but we call it play supervision and we really see it as a beautiful opportunity for connection. So it's not about going out and, oh, I've got to go out and do it. It's, oh, yes, I'm going out. I can connect with the children or I could check in with that one or I can get in the mud kitchen and build a sandcastle. <laughs> well, it's it's really changing that narrative that we tell ourselves, you know, like making it a positive instead of a negative. And essentially you're ingraining that in your students from an early age that, oh, we have to work. Well, no, I'm lucky. I get to learn. Or yeah. particularly if you're teachers, that I get to go and play and connect instead of using it as a negative. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it's so powerful. It really is, yeah. I love that. Now, let's talk about, uh, obviously, so many people want to start a school. They're probably like, this is a great idea. Not everyone is in Geelong, uh, so they can't come here. What advice, and this is probably another podcast in itself, Claire, what advice mm. would you give for anyone that probably not saying that the normal education system isn't working, but it may not suit them or their child or their family or their community. What advice would you give from, you know, what you've learned over the last, I don't know, what, three or four years? Yeah. What what advice would you give on starting a school? Look, I think to be perfectly honest, there's two really important parts that have to be in place before you can even think about it. And is it, do you have a property and do you have money? Because without those two things, it's it's you can have that beautiful vision and dream, but you really need to have the financial backing from somebody or a group of people um, because it does cost a lot of money to start a school. Uh, I would encourage people, if you're in Victoria, it's to have a look at the VRQA and look at all the regulations to see what you're getting yourself in for because it's certainly not easy. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, I think Lael and Mel were working on the school maybe three or four years before I came on board, and that was with the help of a lot of consultants and different people. So it's definitely not for the faint-hearted, um, but I think if you really believe in it and you've got the passion and the determination, go for it, but reach out to people who can help you. So we get people reach out to us all the time and we were really lucky uh, we had Fiona McKenzie who's a principal um, she's got three schools down Phillip Island way she was an amazing support to us so really that networking and connection piece so you don't have to re you know invent the wheel you can get as much help as you can I think that is so important. It's like anything in life, really. If you want to get somewhere, you don't just go and do it all yourself. You see people that are doing it and you ask for advice and you get along. And I know one of the things I've seen is you do workshops and PDs because people are so intrigued by this. Um, do you want to, and they're selling out. So obviously not only are you doing really well at school, but you're doing PDs really well too. Do you want to explain, it's a two-day event. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that for everyone, Claire? 
Yeah, so we get emails all the time asking about the school and how do we do what we do. And so we got to the point where we couldn't even, we don't have the time to even reply to all the emails. So that's why we're offering the PD. So uh, the two days, so the first day is around the philosophy, our values and our approach to wellbeing. And our second day is about the learning side and the, the pedagogy. So uh, Lael and Beth do day one and Rachel runs day two. But hopefully they see how it, wellbeing and learning for us doesn't sit in isolation. It really is intertwined in everything that we do. Mm, I, I couldn't agree more that you don't need to have set times for set things. Like we don't have that in our day when you leave the time bell of school. Like, And I think we need to be equipping our students so that they can deal with different situations where you don't only have an hour to dedicate to different things. I, I love everything about that. Now, last question for you, Claire, because I know you are very busy and you've got a lot on. Um, if you could look back from the last few years and from that first day when you were crying at 4am, happy tears, Ooh. sad tears, emotional tears, if you could give yourself one bit of advice from the journey you have been on so far, what would that be 4am in your car? You've got this. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, I just, um, Lael talks a lot about the contrast and that those difficult, challenging parts have been really important for us to see the contrast of what we want and be to be really clear in who we are. And um, so I think just to know that, yeah, you've got this and it's going to be amazing and it's just going to keep getting even more amazing as time goes on. Oof. And I'm, and you probably, not that you would have needed that, but it would have been nice to have that little Claire on your shoulder saying... <laughs> you've made the right decision yeah well it, it felt like a big well it is a big responsibility but I felt that really the success of the school was weighing on my shoulders and as much as it was a team team effort at the end of the day the principal's the one who's responsible for the school and its success and its operation so I did feel that enormity of that that pressure so yeah if I could say you've got it and you'll be okay I might have breathed a bit easier yeah. Have you have you gone a little bit easier on yourself now that it's not all on you? Like I know you're at the top of the chain, but at the end of the day, it's a team effort. Have you Absolutely. allowed yourself to be a little bit more kind to yourself about that? Yes, yes. Good. So we do talk to our team all the time about being kind and compassionate to ourselves. I think educators are very hard on themselves. They reflect a lot and they quite often will focus on what hasn't gone right as to opposed to the 95% of things that have gone right that day. Um, so I think it's it's a general thing with education that we are too hard on ourselves and let's stop, reflect, look at how amazing what we're doing is. And we can't be all things to all people and no. that's okay. And it is. And it's, it's important that we constantly remind ourselves that like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like that mindfulness break or just to be present. It's giving ourselves that opportunity to remind ourselves that because we do get caught up. We're so busy. Go, 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 go that we need to stop and allow that to occur. So um, Claire, where can people find you uh, follow the journey? Uh, where's the best place to go? We love Instagram. So uh, we've got a Woodline primary account, uh, Rachel, who's our deputy print, has an account called Connecting Woodline. She takes the most magnificent photos and she's amazing. My photos aren't as pretty, but hopefully <laughs> the content of what I'm saying is okay. Um, and I think it's Claire Bartlett underscore WP. I, well, your content is very good and you are very, you're very progressive on, you know, documenting and it feels like, I don't know, I feel like I've sort of 
just from following you on social media that you can see the different things and you share the amazing things you're doing. Um, so I will have links for that plus the website, episode number 300, everyone. And um, Gleb, before I let you go, thank you so much for sharing this today. Not only that, your first podcast you are yeah. a pro, hey? Take it till you make it. I was, I was pretty nervous. I was kind of pacing around before we started and I was annoying the team going, distract me. But thank you. I'm really, it's been fun. Thank you. My pleasure. And and anybody that is interested in everything that we've spoken about today, Woodline, and, and just, I don't know, looking at the way education is changing in some places and right at the forefront is Woodline. So um, go to the notes, check that out. But Claire, thank you so much. It's been a blast having you on the show. Thanks, Dale.